1: Hi there, I'm Lauren McGoodwin, founder and CEO of Career Contessa, the largest online career resource built inclusively for women. I also have the privilege of hosting our new podcast, The Females. We're here to help with real talk career advice from CEOs, authors, creatives, and other experts to give you real strategies for building a successful career all on your own terms. Each episode of The Females is sure to not only inspire, but also to motivate you to take action and move your career forward. Be sure to tune in every Tuesday for new episodes and follow along on CareerContessa.com. Hi, I'm Haley
0: Hubbard, a mom to three kids and wife to a touring artist and songwriter. And I'm Jessica Diamond, a registered dietitian nutritionist with a master's in public health. And this is Meaningful Living.
1: Every week, we're breaking down the overwhelming amount of parenting, nutrition, and lifestyle information into credible knowledge and simple tools.
0: The Cliff Notes Guide to Feeling Confident in Your Everyday Choices. It takes a village. We're so excited to share ours with you.
1: Today, we talked to our friend, Mary Lee, who is an incredibly inspiring mom of two, influencer, she's an entrepreneur, and owner of Happily Gray. Every time we have a conversation, we leave inspired by her vulnerability and openness with motherhood, relationships, or whatever she's doing in life. Today's episode, we have a really real conversation about pregnancy, postpartum, and parenting. We know you'll love this episode from start to finish and leave feeling as seen and full as we did. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks so much for being here. I feel like this is just such a cool thing that we get to do because I get to know my friends on an even deeper level and ask questions that I wouldn't normally ask just in day to day. So, thank you for being here.
2: I'm so excited. I've been looking forward to this so much. And also, just also looking forward to all of you posts because it's been great to follow along and listen.
1: And thank you for being here because I know this is like a precious nap time because you have <laughs> a brand new baby, even though you look so put together. I mean, sometimes I have to remind myself that you have a toddler and a new baby because you just oh. do it all so well. It definitely does not feel that way it feels
2: on the other side it feels messy and chaotic for sure just trying to figure out how to juggle it all now we're definitely still in, in the zone of trying to figure out what that looks like but it's it's also the sweetest time of life it's, it's, it's never felt sweeter or more full full of love mm
0: mm-hmm. Love that. I'm sure Haley knows your story, but I'm just so curious how you've gotten to where you are now. I mean, you went from a nurse to a full-time blogger to this hugely successful brand, and now you're a mom of two and working full time. I mean, you're really doing it all. How did you get to where you are today? And do you just feel like any of those roles have shaped you into the parent you are?
2: Oh, absolutely. They absolutely have. So I come from a very traditional background. I was raised in a small town in northeast Texas and i have always been really creative and really loved fashion. I love to write and, but also I loved babies. Like when I was a little girl, you could ask me how many kids I was going to have and I would tell you 10. And I remember specifically at, I was like four or five years old and I had like 30 baby dolls. I times trying to take them on this trip. And my dad told me that you can name all of these babies. You'll be able to take them all. They tell me every single one of their names. And I literally went through all of their names and he had to let me take them on the trip. And I say that because that was kind of my passion for nursing, was I wanted to be a NICU nurse and take care of sick babies. And so I went to school for nursing and my, got my first job in NICU and was terrified. I didn't realize I loved babies, but I loved healthy babies and it just broke my heart. And I wasn't built for that. And so I quickly transferred over to cardiovascular ICU and I worked in ICU for six years and Alongside doing that job, I've always had a passion for writing and fashion and just that, that was my creative side. And so I just kind of started happily, with Ray organically without an agenda behind it. It was far before uh, blogging was such a phenomenal and it, it just kind of snowballed organically with the right timing to boss. And um, especially with Pinterest, that platform was kind of coming online and that really helped because it was really image heavy. And yeah, just, I just slowly quit nursing as it made more sense, but I certainly juggled both for a while. It was hard to wait, walk away from, but also really, really amazing to get to be something that I love in on on something so different and inspire people in a different way. And really just the autonomy behind what I do now, especially now that I have kids, is something I'm really thankful for.
1: As a friend, it's been really cool to watch you grow through these chapters. I mean, I met you probably a few years ago and you were blogging and I was such a fan and follower of you and you inspire so many people. You inspire me and in how I dress and and just things that I do. So I guess the question I have for you is where do you find your inspiration and how do you get inspired and and feel creative?
2: A lot of that comes from travel, which has been challenging this past year. But yeah. yeah, I think when I was in my early 20s, getting to travel with happily grateful jobs just really fueled that. And and not just with like the aesthetic of traveling, but more of just seeing different perspectives in life. I think fashion can be just influenced by so so many in so many different ways. And growing up in a small town, when my world really opened up when I was able to travel, that's when I just felt like I had so much more perspective, and that really influenced my fashion so much. And And two, just a lot of reading and writing. My first passion for starting Happily Gray was because I love to write. I've I've always loved to write and and love to read. And so that has always been a big part of it too.
1: So do you still want 10 kids? (laughs) (laughs) Not
2: 10, not
1: 10. But you know what's crazy
2: is before we had our second Indy, we were like, oh, are we going to have three? And we both were kind of like, I don't know, we'll just see." Because we both come from, I come from a family of four. Matt comes from a family of three. So we have always had that idea that we wanted big families. Since we've had Indy, we both are like, we'll absolutely we have another one. We we have to do it. Like it just he can't be the the last. Mm-hmm. Um, don't want ten, but I've <laughs> always pictured like I kind of love the chaos and the mess, and yeah. I think there's a lot of beauty in that. And at least it felt that way growing up, like the loud house but you know like I envision like the cleanup where like I was doing the dishes my brother's doing this my sister's doing that just kind of always in that like crowded loud environment feels really familiar to me so I hope I hope we can have a big family
1: oh yeah me too I feel like I'm really drawn to that also but that's because I didn't have it growing up I was an only child Mm, yeah
2: well you have it now uh, yeah you have your (laughs) hands full now
1: (laughs) Oh, we just had lunch with all the kids and it was just, everyone's trying to talk over each other right now. Luca is loud and then Atlas is louder. So if you can imagine that, and then Liv's trying to steal the attention because they're getting it and it's crazy right now. Well, you're in the zone. We're in it. How has it been for you and Madison? For those of you listening that don't know Madison yet, that's her husband. How's it been for you two transitioning to two kids from one?
2: Well, I still feel like we're getting used to it. We are in these now seven weeks. So we're, we're kind of just like now figuring it out and finding our way slightly, I would say. There's so many diapers. Oh, my gosh. There's so many diapers. <laughs> oh my God. We have three diaper genies, and all of them are always full. How? How? Um, it's actually what inspired us to go ahead and train, potty train our toddler she was showing signs of being ready, but we're like, yeah, let's do this. Like,
0: I can't look at yeah. one more diaper. I, I just, <laughs> <No>. I can't. <laughs>
2: yeah. So no, it's, you know, I think as a mom, I don't know if it sounds silly, but I had the fear leading up that I wouldn't be able to like love my second. Like I love my first. I don't know if you guys never experienced that, yes. but yes. I have so many people that tell me, no, Yo, it, 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 you, you will, and it'll be a different love for each. And, It's so true. I feel like my heart has exploded and doubled in size. It's beautiful and really amazing because you love your kids equally and so differently, but your heart really just grows. And I think that's the cool thing is like when the difference of of, of me at 26 versus now at 33, is just, there's so much self-growth that happens as a mom and your heart really just opens up its and and grows and it's, it's been devised in ways that you never knew it could and that it would mm-hmm. uh, so that's been really amazing going from one to two is having because I feared that and, and knowing now that it works beautifully like that and then the other thing too that we've learned is really just taking time for Navy our first making sure we're working in the special moments the special trips like whether it's just her and I the full walk every day because so much of my time goes to the newborn. We're feeding and I think that it's important that we've learned that she does better when we're able to have that like one-on-one time. Even if it's just like a 10-minute walk, just getting out and her and I walking down the street to go pick a few flowers or something. I think that's been a big key of success for us for, for her to stay on
0: track. Oh, yeah. I mean, those number one is, I think it's every parent's fear that you you just won't have the same degree of love for your second that you did for your first. And everyone always says, of course you do. But I think when you experience that, it just takes your heart to a whole different level that you just never experienced. Oh, 100%. You agree, Haley?
1: Yeah. And I heard a sermon once and it said that it kind of related that to how God feels. Because I think oftentimes we're like, well, how does God love there's so many people in this mm. world. Like, how does he love every single one? And they related it to kind of the the way we love our kids. And even when you think that you can't love something more, then you have another kid and you're just like, how do I have capacity for this? And I mean, I thought that with our dog before we even had kids. I'm like, there's no way I'm gonna love anything more than Harley. And then we had kids. <laughs> Poor Harley. <laughs> Oh my gosh,
2: that is so true about the dogs. Um, we, we have like this segment in our newsletter that's always about our dogs. And my team's like, hey, there's no photos of the dogs anymore. <laughs> like, <laughs> we went from like 2000 photos every few days of the dogs. And now there's like nothing. Can we get some <laughs> photos of the dogs?
0: Mary, I have a question for you in postpartum period. So number one, what do you think has been the hardest part for postpartum? Has it been the same for your first baby with your as your second kid?
2: I, I think it's been more difficult. Um, well, I'll say this. The healing... At, so I had two C-sections. And my first C-section was emergent and it was not planned. I did 22 hours of labor and then we did the C-section. This C-section was planned somewhat planned it was planned after 38 weeks we had to end up doing that so I went in knowing I didn't labor is what I'm trying to say and so the healing and the physical recovery were was actually easier with my second I think the mental fog was more intense with my second just having a toddler in the mix and especially coming off of C-section and not being able to hold my toddler for four weeks was really really difficult but yeah I just felt and and I'm and I still feel this way at times. Um, just feel like that fog, you know, that newborn fog that kind of hangs over you. I think mm-hmm. Lori Um Redman, who's Haley's dua that she introduced me to, she has an amazing doula deck. If you guys don't have it, you need to yeah, buy it's this it's on Amazon. It's awesome. Mm-hmm. And I before I had Indy, I read one of the cards. It talks about this fog and she talks about how you're in between these two islands. And so after you've had baby you're in this boat, and you're crossing the river, and it's raining, and you really can't see the island that you're going to, but you know it's there, and you know you're going to get there, but you're kind of, you're on this boat trying to get there, and, and it's just foggy and hazy, and that's, I just felt wow, that's such an accurate description of what I, where I feel like I'm at right now. You have faith, you have confidence, you know that you'll get there, but it's messy, and it's It just feels a little, a little heavy. So I definitely felt that way more so with my second, and it could too just be because I'm more aware. I think as a new mom, when you go through your first experience, there's just so many things that you didn't even know. Like it's kind of in the aftermath that you're like, oh, I totally experienced that. I I totally. But when you're going through it for the first time, it's hard to recognize that. So definitely felt that more so with my second, and you know, sleep has been harder this time around just because you're juggling more kids so Matt and i this time around had more of a plan We've kind of like divided and conquered i take the first feeding he takes the second feeding so that way we're both able to get five or six hour stretches so yeah i would say those have kind of been that's been the, the difference with with this and then especially just not being able to hold my purse and just trying to help her understand why i can't
1: wow yeah that's got to be so hard. I've never had a C-section. And, you know, you just kind of hear the word C-section. You're like, oh, yeah, they had a C-section. And then once you dive into what all that means, it's like that's a surgery. It's a major surgery. And you just had a baby. And so you're recovering from the surgery and birth and newborn and you have a toddler. And it's just a lot. And I love how, how vulnerable you've been about it. And publicly because I think a lot of moms need that. We see all the pretty parts of pregnancy and the the beautiful pregnancy photos, but we don't get to see the hard parts of it. And you've done such a good job of showing that. So thank you. And what inspired you to kind of be vulnerable about that?
2: I wasn't with, with my first with Navy and, you know, in retrospect, looking back and uh, you know, it's like what I just said. Like, if you look back at the first, and you're like, oh, you realize so much. Yeah. And I think, too, like, when you're in it, it's just hard to see the other side. And especially as a new mom, you go through all these body changes for the first time. And it it really was a lot for me. And so I I, I never showed and shared any of that part of experience initially. And I remember promising myself after I got through it and realized, and just realized also, like, how capable and beautiful and strong like your body is as a woman and I I just was overcome with like thankfulness and gratitude like god this is incredible that I have the ability to carry and I've had this child and and just retrospectively looking back I realized all of these things and I just promised myself if I have another kid if I'm able to like I'm I'm going to share those experiences and I just was really passionate about doing that with this pregnancy and I think it's important to just helps us build I think women as moms like I, I, I wanted to have more of a community around us I wanted to talk about those things more and that was really what gave me the passion to, to want to share like it's crazy and it's messy and it takes some time I, I remember I, I just was beaming with, with one of my readers and she said like thank god I've realized that there's no magical like light switch to like turn it back on which is like, you, it took time with you. And I was like, yeah, no, there's no magic. It's a process. And it took nine months to get this way. And thankfully, we've been able to create a life from it. And it's such a beautiful thing. It's just going to take time. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where you, we see a lot of self-growth. Because through that time and through these processes where we really evolve as women. And I, I think that, that has helped me so much as a person having to go through those
0: experiences. Mm-hmm. Thank you for being so open about it because I cannot tell you how many women have a baby and you know during that it's it's socially acceptable to show your belly and you know show off your bump pictures. but I can't tell you how many women have a baby and have no idea that your stomach just doesn't go back to where it was like within a day they don't even, you know, you don't even know what it looks like in those first couple of days postpartum because I think for so long, we kept it so close to our chest because it's messy and it is not pretty and it is really overwhelming. And so the more we talk about it, I think that is what brings that community like you were talking about and helps us really know what's normal and what's not and embrace yeah. our body. And, and just like you said, just really being proud, being proud of what it did after nine months. The
2: difference of how I felt with my first and second was a fine day. But I, I, think it takes, I think it takes going through it to realize, to kind of get there. But you're right. Like the amount of pictures you show of your bump and then you don't show anything postpartum. <laughs> which, yeah, like I, when I showed a picture of like how I, you look five months pregnant for several weeks. And I had someone DM me asking, like, why do you still have a bump? And I just wrote back because I had a baby, <laughs> you know. And and it's and it's because that's just not as a you know, there's not enough enough transparency around that. So yeah, it's important mm-hmm. to me that at least I share I share that a part of my journey.
1: I love that you do that. And something else, I think that there's starting to be more talk about, but I don't think there's enough yet is about relationships in the postpartum period. And what are ways that Madison has helped you through postpartum and just things that he's done to help you? Because for any male listeners out there or for any moms that want to (laughs) share with their husbands, just a little tip, because I think husbands want to know how to help, but don't often know how If you could share that. That'd be great.
2: Yeah. Matt is like, he is a saint. He is so hands on. And that's one of the things I've loved him most for. One of our best friends told him take care of her and let her take care of the baby. So, like, be there for her, like, make sure she's fed, make sure fed, that you're offering water. I mean, just like simple things. Like, don't overthink it, but just make sure like those like basic needs are being met because her priority will be the baby, but your priority is her. And I think really him hearing that really helped just knowing that he doesn't have to be hands on with the baby necessarily. It's about taking care of me. And yeah. things like offering the clean I mean, we know how many freaking parts there are their breast pump. Like yes. making sure the breast pump stuff is clean and making, making sure there's clean bottles because that's a job in itself. So that's kind of postpartum you know, to back up for birth, I think especially for a new dad, it's very daunting. And I think with Mad he really appreciated having a role. And kind of having a heads up and a good friend of mine recommended or Haley that was you you recommended a doula being a part of our birth process oh yeah which was a game changer especially because Tim and I were both you know, new at this and so we you know we went in with our doula we met with her at 37 weeks and she kind of got mad on what to expect and how she could be a part and help and unfortunately our plan of an actual birth didn't happen at all, but it was still amazing having her there because I will never, I will never forget this. We found out we were going to have to have an emergency section and we're like promptly like getting things ready to go to the OR and she had everyone leave the room and we said a very quick prayer, just Matt and I, and then she handed him a bottle of lavender oil for me to smell and I just will never forget that. It's those small details. But also, I think he felt like, you know, just, just like he had a role and just was a part of it because she was kind of placing him. So all of those yeah. things are, were really cool. And, and not that you have to have a doula, because that's not that everyone has to go with a doula. but those things are all like little small details that you can read and, and figure out ways that your husband can be a part of it. Because I think that it helps them feel like they are too, you know, it's just that they, they have a sense of purpose.
0: I think what you touched on the most there that just is its like this moment that I think we need so much more support than we think we do in pregnancy, birth, and postpartum. And a lot of times it's showing up in the simplest ways, just like you said, right? Like just being there holding your hand or making sure the pump parts are cleaned or just bringing you a meal or just some water, like really mm-hmm. focusing on those simple things because your body knows how to heal if you give it the space.
2: Right. No, totally. And I'm a control freak and I'm like, I don't, I'm always the one that's like, I don't need any help. I'm going to do it all. And you do during that time, you really do. And it is, it's those really simple things, like you said, that make such a difference. Even to this day with our second and we're seven weeks out and I'm I'm breastfeeding, Mad will, if I sit down while I'm breastfeeding, he'll ask me if I need water. And that is like the best thing ever, because I always need water. And him just being aware of that is really amazing.
1: That's huge. Those are the little things that just make such a big difference. Yeah. It can be so hard to find skincare that's made with safe and clean ingredients. And what goes on our skin is just as important to our overall wellness as what we eat. That's why I love Osea. I've used it since before I even had kids and love that it was safe through all three of my pregnancies. I didn't even have to think about switching up products when I got pregnant and it was such a seamless transition. I'm now so excited about incorporating Osea's Unduria Algae Body Oil into my daily routine because it helps instantly moisturize and replenish my skin. It feels so smooth without feeling greasy or getting all over my clothes. And we all know how important skincare is to our faces, but we often neglect the rest of our body. Our skin is the largest organ, so it's wild we only take care of part of it really well.
0: Just like Haley said, what we put on our skin is as important as what we eat. And I love Osea and their underea algae body oil. It's so important to me that anything I use and recommend has safe and clean ingredients. And this body oil is made from clean and safe ingredients. All the ingredients are responsibly sourced and plant-derived, so it's good for your skin and good for the planet. And I truly just can't get over how much better my skin feels with it. It's silky and smooth and makes me feel like I'm on vacation. It's just phenomenal.
1: You can try Osea risk-free for 30 days and get free shipping on orders over $50. They even send free samples with every order and get 10% off your first order with our promo code living at oseamalibu.com. That's 10% off with code living at oseamalibu, dot com.
0: And I think we're touching on this period, but I think it's important just to bring up is that really after birth, there is this postpartum period, right? Like there is this fourth trimester that we talk about. What the fourth trimester is, if your baby could be in you for another three months, they would, they just can't fit. And so yeah. I think during those four, you know, those first three months to step back and say, this is still part of my healing process. Like I need to give myself that grace and that time and that room to heal and use that support, right? Stay hydrated, eat, sleep as much as you can. Just do the little basic things to take care of yourself.
2: A thousand percent. Another thing too, I'll add is he was really hands-on with our toddlers. If you have two kids, it was just really helpful kind of going in. We had a plan that he was going to primarily handle our toddler and let me handle the newborn just so she still felt like she was getting that attention. And I think it's just nice, like going in with a plan. We didn't with our first, but having been through that experience, we we definitely had a little bit more of a a plan around it to help. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Structure, Mm -hmm. yes.
1: Yeah. Going in with a plan. And it sounds like you guys communicated a lot about it, which I think is something that also helped us was just communicating, even if it was, Hey, Tyler, I'm feeling this way. I feel like I'm really irritated at you. And I don't know why because you didn't do anything wrong. But like (laughs) I'm really annoyed. (laughs) So if something comes out sideways, that's what it is. But that communication was so helpful. And it sounds like you guys just communicated a lot through that.
2: Well, the first like five nights of bringing Indy home, I would wake up to feed, and Naz like wake waking up too, and he's like, do you need help with anything?" And I'm like, "No," like yelling back at him for no reason, no right. reason at all, other than like I've got resentment because you're over there peacefully sleeping, and then I've been up with the baby. But like we never talked about a plan. And then after that, we were like, "Yeah, we," cause, because I had to go back to work so quickly, and so did he. So I was like, "You know what? Let's let's do shift." And so that, that prompted that conversation.
1: That's but so yeah, smart. you have so many
2: hormones running through your body. You're like, <laughs> oh.
1: you just go off. In time. <laughs> so it's wild. It just takes over. And I guess I forgot to touch on this, but you were talking about the fog, going through the fog. Mm-hmm. I feel like I'm seven months out and just now coming out of the fog. Yeah. And it's yeah. something that I don't think I gave myself enough grace with, with all the past pregnancies. And then, with my second, I think the fog just continued into the second pregnancy, and it's just I don't know. I was and then into, into the, the third,
2: third. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was so fast for you, Haley. it was just like one recipe but the other, like you kind of like to see where that was probably hard to kind of get out of and and yeah. especially when you keep adding on
1: right, and then finding your new normal, like, okay, now that I'm coming yeah. out of this fog, who am I what do i what do I want to do what do? what do I like? What are my hobbies? Who am I? Right. Who Who am I? <laughs> who
0: am
2: I? Right? Very like, foreign concept. Yeah.
0: I, I, I think every time we birth a kid though, we do actually like rebirth, we become a new person, right? That baby changes us so much. And we be, we have a new identity that comes out. And I think knowing that that happens and kind of fostering that and giving yourself the space that maybe the passions and what you started with before you had kids aren't the same anymore. And maybe that has shifted. And, Or maybe it's just been different, you know?
1: Yeah. I love that, Jess. And something, Mary, that I've always loved, we've talked about this. We did it with at least our first and second kids with just not having many people in the house, right? When you bring your baby Mm -hmm. home, because one, that is that quiet, sweet time that you have with your newborn. And You just kind of want to soak that up and have those peaceful private moments with your own intimate family. But two, our bodies are going through all those hormones and adjustments and everything. So we decided to not have many guests. Or if we did have family, we said we have 30 minutes and we kind of set boundaries around that. And I also love how you guys did that. And did you do that with your second, just like you did with Navy?
2: We we didn't with our second with our second, we're like, "Come on,, we'll yes. <laughs>
1: yes, go um, take the toddler,
2: but yeah, i mean i I think it's really special and really important with new parents bringing in a new baby for the first time because your family dynamic has changed forever and 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 now he's become a dad for the first time, and he's become a mom for the first time, so I think it, you know it's so important if if that's something that that means a lot to you that make you feel better to have that we asked family we had both of our parents came in town for the birth and they stayed like I think one day after we got home and then past that we asked everyone to leave and one of my sisters did that and I remember her telling me it was just three and their little girl and they just had this really special bonding moment and that just really registered with me and I wanted to have that same that, that same time and then also, too, to what you're saying, you're just healing and you're breastfeeding, yeah. and it just I think you don't want to have to worry about like feeling uncomfortable and going to the back, to, you know, with your father-in-law running around, you know? Right. And so I just wanted to be able to, like, focus on, you know, what was really important, and, and we had them come, I think, at the three or four-week mark they came back, but so kind of like after there was a little bit more of structure and, and I was healed, and Yeah, and and it was it was honestly a better I think I think it's a better visit on both sides. At
0: that yeah. time. And I think there's two parts to that is that I think we're healing as as moms and we're getting our footing, but we're also learning our kids, our new baby, and they're learning mm-hmm. us. And now in your situation, it's your toddler learning a new normal, which is a huge transition. And you know you want to be able to have that one-on-one time with them and just making sure that you're giving the attention to, to learn this new normal and for them to have the opportunity to learn you. Mm -hmm. Totally, And I think just giving permission, I I, I think we feel really, we feel really pressured to have a lot of people to come see the baby because they're so cute. And there's nothing more than we want to share that with everyone. But I do think just like Haley said, telling when people how long you have is huge, you know, Mm -hmm. cutting it off so that you you don't have a two hour visit when you're just exhausted and balancing everything. Mm -hmm. Completely. Yeah, that is good to
1: just everyone listening. You have permission to just have your own time to yourself after you have a baby. But also I was just thinking when you have a baby, like we want to be spending time with that newborn. Also, like you said, Jess, we're learning the newborn and where we really need help is doing dishes and all those things like making food. And But people just want to come see the baby. And so I think where people could really be helpful is dropping off meals or just coming in quietly and helping to clean the kitchen. And those are ways that have been really helpful to us
0: after babies. You know, one of the tips that I find so helpful is when you are actually prepping for the birth, and people say, what, what do you guys need afterwards? Are we planning visits? You know, start a meal train or something like that. Say, you know, can you help organize the first week so that meals are handled? Like thinking about it before you're in it, because sometimes when you're in it, you don't even know how to ask for the help. No, you're so no, tired. Yes. Yeah. So true.
1: <laughs> something else that we'd love to know are some of your favorite postpartum essentials.
2: Okay, you guys are gonna laugh at this because now it's not just a postpartum it's become a part of like my everyday essentials. <laughs> <laughs> Have you guys ever used the Freedom Mom postpartum underwear? Yes, yes, they are unbelievably comfortable. I was using like the hospital ones, which are great too. Like you definitely want a postpartum underwear. Like don't fool yourself. Don't like you're not going to be wearing regular underwear for a while. But the Freedom Mom underwear, Matt ordered them randomly. Like. I had them like maybe week one or two, and they are
1: so comfortable
2: that I now
1: still win. <laughs> That's so sweet um, that he ordered them.
2: Yes, so he did. He did. He, uh, well, because of this new venture that we're launching, he's so much more aware of the new brands and products in this new space. And that was one of the things that he's like, I think we should try these. And I would highly recommend them for any new moms about to have a baby. They are so comfortable and they just, they're they're more supportive than the hospital ones. They just really kind of yeah. hold you in and they just feel a lot better.
0: You know what, Mary? I'm so glad you said that because so many moms think that if you don't have a vaginal birth, that you don't actually need postpartum underwear and it couldn't be more the opposite, right? Truly. Oh, yeah. you know, you
2: ab- either way, you're absolutely going to need them for many reasons. But even someone that's seven postpartum, I still wear them because it's just nice to have that support around my belly. And then other things, I definitely with both of my pregnancies, you want a really great nipple and lip balm, but specifically nipple cream, which is breastfeeding. I think having irritated and like fat nipples is probably the most uncomfortable pain, mm-hmm. especially if it gets past that. So having something that's really, that works really well for you. And then this is something I was telling another mom recently, we were talking about how drinking water is so important through with breastfeeding and just postpartum healing. And I drink more water when I have a fun water bottle.
0: And... Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. Right? Got to okay, make I'm it design? I'm glad designed. I'm not the only
2: one. Yes. I literally ordered a water bottle the other day because I'd like I to get more motivated and having a fun water bottle in postpartum that will help you and encourage you to drink more water because that's like the name of the game with healing and breastfeeding. So that, I think that was like one of my big things.
0: For you feel so much cuter drinking water when it's out of a cute right? water bottle. You <laughs> yes. totally do. Oh, for sure. I, that makes me feel more
1: confident about the gift I just sent someone because she just had a baby girl and I sent her this really cute pink water bottle with these fun fuzzy pink slippers. And I'm like, okay, she will drink so much water out of this. Yeah,
2: especially if it's got like the time. On it, I look at it as like a personal challenge, and it's like a game almost, which I love that. And so, yeah, it helps me drink so much more water now that I have a water bottle that I love.
1: You've influenced me in that water bottle, Uh, the the one I think you're talking about.
2: Yes, (laughs) yes. I I remember I texted to you. Yes, and now like there's more of our friends that have them. So I think like through you, there's probably other people have probably ordered them. But it's the best water bottle. (laughs)
0: <laughs> okay, you're gonna have to share it with me. I need it. But you brought up nipple creams, and I just have you tried the Silverettes yet? The little silver little hats yes. you yes. on your nipples? Yes,
2: A uh, thousand percent. Every woman in postpartum needs those because those are, that's the best feeling. Like you just leave a little bit of your breast milk in them, and man, it just like works
0: wonders. It's it's just when your yes. nipples are that sensitive, and it, it's like mm-hmm. a, it's healing them but blocking them. They're magical. I love them. Yes, I'm definitely. glad you tried them. Mary and I are on a
1: group mom's text. And one of our friends, Tatiana, right after she had a baby, she sent those to everyone and I bought them. And it was right before I had Luca. And that was a game changer because I'm queen of cracked, bleeding nipples after birth.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Which is so painful. It's so painful.
0: It really is so painful. The last main thing we want to talk to you about is really just community. I think community is such an important part of parenthood and it's overlooked so often. And especially in that fourth trimester and that postpartum period. How have you found parents to connect with? And do you feel like your group of parents has changed since you've had one and then two kids?
2: I do. Yeah. I, you know, I think what where I felt the most support and love and resources has in my fellow mom. Um, and that's what I've Again, has really inspired us with this new company has been that wanting to build a community because I have felt so supported in that in that way. Um, I value those relationships. I have friends that have kids and then friends that don't, and both of them provide different outlooks in, 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 in different ways. but the yeah, I mean just the the amount of exchanges of I use this, I use that. Or, you know, to just, I'm going through this, I'm struggling with this, I need support here. Having someone in your court that has been through it, that, that gets it, is just imperative. And sometimes that's not your husband, especially as a woman going through this. You know, I can go to Haley and say, like, I'm going through this, you know, Mad's doing this. Because it's just such an adjustment for you and your husband that you really need some strong female moms in your court that get it that he can bounce these ideas off of or get advice from. And honestly, that's what really got me through going my first pregnancy because it's just so much new and so much unknown. Being able to share, like Kaylee mentioned, that group mom text that we have. It's called Walk the Bump. (laughs) (laughs) When I was invited into that group text, I laughed at the name. And now it's like one of my favorite group texts that pops up because we just share so many resources with each other. And I think that's just so important.
0: I love that. It's That's so awesome. And I think knowing that it's okay, you don't have to share everything with your partner and you can lean on your friends and ask the questions. As obvious as it may seem, there is no dumb question postpartum, right? Like there is just ask it, get the support and feel vulnerable in that way because then you'll have that community around you. Totally. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's vital.
1: Mary, something else I love about you is how willing you are to share everything, whether it's great advice or products, whether you're wearing a necklace and you're like, I'm like, where did you get that? you tell me and you're like, You have to get one. You're not one of those friends that's like, oh, I'm gonna do it this way and not share anything. You're so open about that. And that's something that I love about you because a lot of people can learn from one another and and women that way. So that's very cool.
2: Well, I feel like I learned from women that way and think and I thankfully have women in my life that have taught me that but also it's just like we're a community we're here to support each other and if we can't get through it without each other because right. no one understands what we're going through better than a fellow mom that's been through it you know and so I I feel like we're bonded in that way and I mean like truly like no no bullshit it it it, it that always inspires me. and it, becoming a mom I felt that mom community like they're tight Mm-hmm. They're they're in your course They're on your side, and that has been awesome to experience that because I didn't until I was a mom, and that has just made me even more ex- excited, you know, to be a part of this community.
1: Yeah. Well, I guess I really want to ask you what your best parenting advice would be at this moment in time.
2: Hmm. Well, at this moment, I would say one thing I'm I'm learning and going through with my partner um, with Mad has been. I'm a control freak, and I like to have, like, my hand in everything, and that's one of my weaknesses, and I would say just letting your partner be their own parent, that has been a struggle, just letting him take control of situations and make calls, and it might not be the way I would have done it. It's typically always, like, we always have the same end result, but we just have different ways of coaching it and getting to that end result and you know I'm just so controlling I'm like oh let's do it this way, this that way. and I think that's been just a huge learning curve for me is um yeah. yeah just letting him be his own parent and 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 also I've seen why that's so important because if he can you know navigate his own then he's going to have more confidence and really come into you know his role as a dad and that's so important, and and I hope that he gives me that own right. So really respecting those
0: boundaries. It's so much easier said than done, right? Like, yeah, you yeah. want them to be their own parent, and you want them to get their footing in it. But in those moments, it's sometimes just so hard to bite your tongue and just not take over. <laughs> it's
1: so hard, completely.
0: There's some moments I do take
1: over or try and take over, and I'm like, oh, now I'm enabling him to not do this in the future where he was jumping in to do it. Now I'm enabling him to not and training him that I'm just gonna do it all, which is the last thing I wanna do.
2: Exactly. You have to you have to kind of give them that that leeway on the road to so let them just like go and totally. Another thing I'll say that this, this a friend shared recently that I was like, Wow, you're so right. On a lighter note, just really good advice is get outside. Go outside. Like as simple and plain as that. I think with kids you know, it's just stressful, especially when you start adding multiples and getting outside fresh air does everyone good. Mm-hmm. And it just really eases whatever is, is kind of overarching. And it's like that sense of well-being
1: Yeah, it's really helps. That happened the other day with Olivia. She came downstairs from nap sobbing. And in my logical parent brain, she was sobbing for no reason. But in her head, it was very real. And whatever she was crying about was very traumatic. And there was no solution. There was no talking this, our way out of this one. And so finally, I just guided her over to the door. And the second that we stepped outside, she stopped. It's Mm. like, wow, it's magic. Yeah. Mm
0: -hmm. Anytime you're going through a transition, like some fresh air, right? Like you're trying to extend that nap or you just, things aren't working inside. Like you're just, things aren't working. Just take a step outside. What would you say the most difficult part of parenting has been for you?
2: Um, probably just again letting go go of the control. I think uh, having like this entrepreneurial spirit, and I'm just I'm I'm very motivated, and I've learned that you know through all this self growth that happens becoming to a to mom that it can be good and it can be it can be bad, and I, I think not trying to do it all all on my own. And letting people in to help was the biggest challenge for me as, as a mom. Because I, I, I've up until becoming a mom, I've always kind of been able to do things on my own. And, and I think becoming a mom is where that actually entered. And I was like, okay, hey, well, now I'm going to have to relinquish re- some of this control. And I think that a big part of that was finding, because I work full time, my husband works full time, like finding a good child care provider that we love and trusted really helped. In that, because ultimately, you know, if you try to do everything on your own, you're this ball of stress, which is going to weigh more on your kids. And you have to be able to, you know, have help, have extra hands come in, and you're going to be a better parent for it. And yeah, it's also empowering. I tell myself that I have to, you know, have that help, be able to go to work. That's also empowering for my daughter to do that. So it's just been a bit a huge learning curve for me in that in
1: that way. Mm-hmm. Thank you for sharing that because I think a lot of parents either think that some people just do it all, and then they're like, "Gosh, how do they do it all without help?" And so it's just it's nice to hear how everyone does do it all, and that it takes a lot of parts and and so I guess that was kind of leading into one of my questions is how do you structure your day with your work and how do you structure that structure that work home life balance?
2: Yeah, this has definitely been in a recent adjustment that we're still figuring out with you. But like I said, finding a childcare provider that we that love is in trust is really important. We have a nanny that helps us during the day. And, uh, and even though Matt and I are primarily still working from home, having someone there is that we can kind of bump, you know, bop in and out uh, and see the kids, but having someone there to help with their care is, is really important. And then some of the kind of boundaries that we've set, because work-life balance, because we both are working on a company together and are more on this entrepreneurial side, it's been a huge adjustment. But I would say, like, you know, having the time that you turn it off every day, our time is 5 p.m. After 5 p.m., neither of us are working. It's kid time, and that's it. And, you know, sometimes it's earlier than that. Sometimes Mad might have to work a little bit after that. But for sure, one of us at 5 p.m. is with our kids until they go to bed. And then the other thing we, the other, like, rule we have is weekends. For weekends, we're either doing stuff with our kids as the family out or or we're home. But we, we, like, rarely will give up that weekend time, especially because right now, we both are, are working full time during the week, and we, we miss out on those moments. And that's just what, what works for our family. I think it's more just about finding what works for your family because every family's different. They all have different requirements for their job, and so it's just finding that you know those those boundaries that you know you feel really good about. And the other thing I'll say too is we we try to stay really organized on calendars. So if like I have a heavy work week, I kind of in my mind. I know, like, okay, next week's gonna be lighter, or if it's two weeks heavy of, of travel or something. I know that I'm going to get to that, like, date in my mind where it's gonna be lighter and I'm gonna take a day off. So it's kind of like a, a pushing, you know, a, a push and pull and a balance and a lot of communication around it.
0: That's such a good reminder, too, is that none of us balance it perfectly, but having just some idea of how you want to structure it is so smart because week in and week out, it's not going to look perfect. But when you're aiming for that goal of 5 o'clock, if 80% of the time you're doing it, you're giving yourself that that break and that time and that time to be present. And so that's, that's such a smart way to handle it. Mm-hmm. And it re-inspires me to make
1: a boundary around that because Tyler and I always say, okay, 5 o'clock, that's when our nanny leaves as well, Monday through Friday. And so at five o'clock, it's like turn our phone off or turn work off. But that line becomes very blurred because like most people this year, we all work from home and we all work on our phones. And so that needs to be... I need to find a solution to that. Just like throw my phone in a basket. (laughs)
0: Hey, I don't don't laugh. I literally say like, when we go to the dinner table, we have a basket out and we put our phones in the basket during dinner so that you're not even compelled to look at it. Because if you do get a text message or an email about something that you could respond to or you want to respond to, you're compelled to do it. If you don't see it, then you can handle it later once your kids go to bed.
2: So a funny story on that note, Mad gave me one of my Christmas stocking gifts was a black bag. That you put your phone in that stops cell. I think it stops cellular activities Like nothing can come through. And not that we've used it. It was more of like a laughing point. But that was kind of what started this conversation of let's let's have hard times where we turn off work because like what you are saying, Haley, working from home now and then also having jobs that never turn off. It's hard to draw those lines, especially with social media. And so at five o'clock, there's no there's no responding to DMs or texts or anything the kids are the focus. So those black bags are very helpful.
1: I can send you the link if you want. Yes, I want the black bag.
0: (laughs) The typical Madison gift.
1: She loves stuff like that. Cute. He's so thoughtful.
0: Mary, I feel like I could talk to you seriously all day. I just, I'm loving this conversation. Me too. Are there any last tips that you have for moms or dads or any caregiver that you could say about postpartum journey or parenting in general?
2: Okay, don't forget that everything is a phase. Um, there's a lot of phases of, well, I'm learning. There's a lot of phases of raising kids. And just, you know, when you think you're kind of like buried and like the toddler meltdowns, it's, it's going to change in two weeks. There's just so many phases of raising kids. And, and each, of, each of those phases presents joys and hardships. So just keeping that in mind. I didn't realize that initially, but after going through my first, I was like, oh, as soon as we're done with this, we're on to the next and it's so true. Raising kids is like, it's such a juggle and that's a part of the fun. There's so much new that comes Mm -hmm. with each day. Mm
1: -hmm. And you posted recently, I think one of your captions was, one day we're going to look back and these will be the good old days. Oh my gosh. And I think about that all the time when we're having a hard moment or it's crazy at the dinner table and loud and I'm like tearing my hair out. I'm like, oh, I'm going to miss this. This is going to be the good old I just days. Got chills.
2: Yes, it's true. We're going to look back when they're in college and we're going to reminisce these moments and these beautiful memories. And we're we're not going to remember the terrible ones and we're just going to remember how beautiful it was and, and wish that we could get back to that.
1: Right. So true. So true. Well, I guess we've got to our last question, which is what made you feel full this week?
2: I love that. I love that. And yeah. so that's what you guys asked that. It's honestly, ten every week, my toddler is being such a little mama and taking care of our newborn, and I'm, it's just so fun and sweet to watch. And honestly, just seeing her, cause we see we see how we were with her. Now she's she's being that way with Indy, and it's just so sweet, sweet. And yeah, just seeing her put his paci back in, give him his bottle, telling she says it's okay, Indy boy. Any boy, <laughs> she, they're just little sponges, and they, yeah, they learn so fast. And so it's just a sweet watching that relationship. Oh, oh that's sweet. the cutest.
1: I love those little moments. Well, thank you so much for doing this today and sharing your time with us. And I just always admire you as a mom and a friend. And Business owner and everything. So, thank you for I being here. I feel the here. same.
2: Thank you guys for having me. Haley, we are making the gold oat balls. I have everything to make them, and I'm so excited to make that recipe. You guys have to try that recipe if y'all have it. It's awesome. So, I'm excited to make them this weekend.
1: Okay. Well, let us know how it goes. And for everyone listening, make sure to go follow Mary if you don't already at Mary Lawless Lee, and her store's Instagram is at Happily Gray. And if you live in Nashville or if you're visiting, make sure to go check out her store in the L Marketplace. It is so fun. I always find treasures there. And you can always shop online at shophappilygray.com. Oh, thank you. Yes, come see us. Come see us. All right. Well, we'll talk Thanks, to you soon. Gary. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening. We hope you found something meaningful
0: from this episode. Please subscribe, rate, and review. We want to hear from you, your thoughts, experiences, and anything you want us to cover. Tune in every Monday for a new episode of Meaningful Living. And if you're looking for more ways to live a meaningful life, follow us on Instagram at Meaningful Living and visit our website, meaningfulliving.com. Can't wait to see you next week.